Welcome back to another episode of the Catholic Buzz Podcast. We're so happy that uh, you're joining us uh, today, uh, our second episode of Season 2. My name is Father Daniele, and I'm joined, as always, by Josh Sullivan Hello. and Matt Van Milligan. Hello. Season 2 was off to a, a great start last week, I yeah. believe. Yeah. 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 And uh, today we're going to continue some uh, important conversations because we are heading uh, into the Christmas season, right? And uh, what happens at Christmas is always, you know, families gather together. I, I know different parts of uh, the, the world right now have maybe different restrictions and stuff for, yeah. for COVID still. But uh, I know that uh, some people who get together for Christmas, even sometimes in my extended family, in my family, gather together, there's always that awkward sort of situation. You know? <laughs> Who goes? Who's going to church? You know, That's right. and, and uh, some want to go to church. Some don't want to go to church. Right? Then there's always the faithful, like the faithful uh, grandma or yeah, whatever yeah. it might be. That's you know always at midnight mass every Christmas. Yeah. And uh, then there's this there's this bit of a tension, yeah, you know, for sure. And I think with COVID, actually, it's kind of become easier to skip out on church, right? Because it's like, oh well. You know, we don't have to. And we, we got to. We, we don't have to. <laughs> yeah, and we got to leave room for people who you, who want to go. That's right. You know, yeah, there's right. uh, yeah. restrictions. And it, all it doesn't this matter stuff. to me as much as it matters to other people. So I'll let them go and fill up the seats because I don't want to take up a spot. Like exactly they need to go. I don't. I pray at home. I pray at home. <laughs> I pray at home, which is funny. Bull. Actually, yeah, <laughs> you're calling people out on I that call, today. I call bull. I want to hear you call people out on that today because today we are going to talk about why it's important. To have the church, you know, yeah. and how do we explain that to people who who don't see the church as important? And we're we're going to talk about uh, the kind of big C church, like the yeah. institution of the Catholic Church, and then our our local church uh, as well, right? Yeah. So, uh, where do you want to begin? We're going to talk about the importance of the church. Why why is the church important? So, someone who says I don't need the church, you know, there's people online, Matt. You love online yeah, yeah, commentators, yeah, yeah. right? Who say, uh, you know, it's time for us to shut down the Catholic Church and for all the evils they've done and for all these things. You know, why do we need the Catholic Church yeah. today? And a, a lot of times w when this crops up, it's usually in response to some some scandal or some issue with kind of the, the institution of, of the church itself or, you know, uh, against, you know, specific members. Um within the church so people kind of reject distance themselves from the institution and one of the ways that they do that is like distinguishing between religion and and faith of like well i'm faithful but i'm, I'm not religious mm -hmm. i'm not mm -hmm. i'm not committed to you know going through these rituals and um and if if, if we're kind of calling bull um <laughs> that no no that, that like uh the religious impulse is is inevitable it's it's present in us um, whether or not we direct that towards, you know, going to church regularly or um, otherwise. So, you know, um, other areas where we can kind of, or this can this can manifest. It's like like what? What would someone? Well, that, yeah, people, hockey. Like, oh yeah, hockey. Or, or just like people are close close adherents of the liturgical calendar of NFL football. Or yeah. like right. that's yeah, yeah. You, you have it's very true. Yeah. I, well, we would drive by like we would be driving by on Sunday morning, going to mass with my four boys in the car. And the arena is packed full to the yeah. gills for hockey. And people like would be constantly, I remember just uh, doing uh, different kinds of preparations, confirmation prep or whatever. And we're asking the, the kids, like, listen, you're making a sacrament of the church. Please come to the church for this Sunday mass because we're going to do this and the other thing. And the excuses would be, oh, no, I got hockey. Like church takes a back seat because we have something else. Our, our religion is hockey. It's more important than the church 
itself. You know what I mean? Or the church will wait for me. Hockey won't. If yeah. that make, maybe makes more sense. Yeah, and, and just as an aside, uh, you know, I've been listening all year to the Bible in a Year podcast with yeah. Father Mike Schmitz, which is wonderful. If it's you're listening podcast, today to yeah. us, uh, you should be listening to Father Mike Schmitz. You know, uh, but in an episode, he talks about that. Yeah. How that you know when we put our focus on stuff like hockey or dance or football, like Matt says, you know, that we are showing that that is our Lord. Yeah. Like that is our God yeah. because we're spending all our time there. We're putting the priority there instead of where we should be. Yeah. If, you I, wanna, if you want to know where your religion is, you look at your calendar and you look at your wallet. Where do you spend your money? Where do you spend where your do you, time? Where do you spend your time? Yes. Those are the two yeah. things. You know? Exactly. Yeah, and we, we, we don't want to say that organized sports are you know, a bad thing. No, you know, of course Inherently not. bad or an, anything <laughs> like course. that. But it is an indication indication of our priority and the fact that we still, yeah. like the idea that we kind of uh, distance ourselves from ritual or religion and say, okay, well, we're just, like, we still, in other areas of our life, we're still pretty committed to ritual and ceremony and all of these kind of seasons. And just the fact that, you know, our, our non-religious uh, family members are still celebrating Christmas with us. Like sure. They're still kind of, yeah, of in, in, in that, you know, maybe a, a boiled down version of that kind of liturgical rhythm. Um, but you like people still, uh, whatever they think of marriage, still like weddings or still like going to these these big ceremonies where everybody gets dressed up. And it's that um, you know it, we we haven't uh, I, I, there's there's a bit of uh, disingenuousness mm-hmm. if that's a word, um, and, and, and just the claim that you know I'm religious or I'm I'm not religious, but I but I am faithful because you can't mm-hmm. avoid kind of that religious impulse. Yeah, and what the church does, you know, is. Um, you know, first, I, I get the feeling like when people talk about the church today, it's like, you know, people like to say it's man-made, like yeah. man-made religion. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, sometimes people are so stubborn with this argument that it's hard to sort of break that down. But, I mean, that couldn't be further from the truth, right? Especially when we're talking about the Catholic Church, which we are today, uh, it's not man-made it's divinely made you know uh, jesus is the one who instituted the church yeah and so this argument that it's man-made now is it man run yeah, <laughs> today yeah, yeah you know sure we have a hierarchy of the church yeah. uh that is sort of set in charge from the day that jesus handed over the the uh keys to peter right like and said on this rock i will build my church uh it has been sort of people led that's but right. divinely Inspired. Inspired or divinely uh, b- birthed Shepherd. into the world. Yeah. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And and again, I would say that, like, if I, airing, airing my beef with kind of public discourse on, on social media, um, you have kind of two competing identities of the church. Like, you do have the human institution of the church that, you know, is um, administrated by people with free will who, you know, are allowed to make mistakes, and some of them very public, and some of them very terrible. Um, but you have kind of the the sacramental I, historical identity of the church as the body of Christ on earth. But you know, go to your social media page. That's that's not that's what not year? what you see. No, no. Go to church. That's what you see, or that's that's what you're there to encounter. That that identity of the church. So we're talking about the sort of authority in the church, right? Mm-hmm. So why is that important? You know, and and I I do sympathize with people who have been turned off from the church mm-hmm. because of something an authority figure has yeah. done. You know, me as a priest, um, you know, when when I when I sort of reflect on the horrors that were done by priests, whether it's the abuse yeah. scandals, um, you know, or you know, you name it, yeah. there's been sort of lots of scandals. You know, it really saddens me, it breaks my heart 
uh, and it's a it's a stain yeah. on the church, right? So w- people say, well, why do we even need that anymore yeah. if people are gonna are, are not are not fulfilling what the mission of the church is? Yeah, and that was that was a big thing for me coming into uh, coming from a Protestant background into the church is is the question of authority, um, and so what you're saying is that like those those things are made all the more horrible. By the fact that they're done by people in positions of authority who sure. are abusing positions of trust because there's a responsibility that comes with with authority not to go kind of full spider-man um but uh <laughs> <laughs> no but, but the, the question of authority has been around kind of since the beginning and you know with with a um a protestant um formation initially that it's okay it's it, it's jesus and me and i and i have the bible yeah. and i'm like i'm supposed to read the bible i'm supposed to that's supposed to be my the authority the guiding authority for my faith um and that like that is sustainable to a point um that you know i i, I we mentioned in previous um podcast that like i was really interested in uh biblical language study um these these kinds of like, more of kind of a scholarly historical approach to scripture because i wanted to understand it better but in that process i'm putting my hands in the authority of this linguistic scholar this professor of hermeneutics all, all these people so it was like i there's a historical and epistemological distance between myself and jesus that is like that i can't bridge in any way except by some appeal to authority mm-hmm. so there's i have kind of two options well th- three options but like two options there of i either put my hand in or my my you know uh, my faith in the hands of this phd um or i turn inward or i rely on my own authority and that was really problematic for me because the the question there is what's to keep my faith uh from becoming something that i'm just free to invent and reinvent in, in accordance with what i prefer um the third option is that you know, I, I hand over that authority um, or I put my trust in the authority that Christ himself established in the church. Yeah, and this is my problem today with, uh, is since, you know, we're really shooting the bull today. Yeah. <laughs> if we're going to call bull. Yeah. You know, my problem today is that people, when they say they're spiritual, not religious, yeah. you know, uh, or even even Catholic, people who are baptized Catholic, maybe not practicing, they say they, they practice at home. Mm-hmm. They'll say uh, stuff like, well, uh, I, uh, I pray at home. Um, they like to, that little moniker, you know, what would Jesus do? That's what's important to them. But then they answer that question, what would Jesus do? Like the answer that they're, they're using reflects their own idea of God and not necessarily who God is. And Matt, you brought up a really good point because who is there to lead us? You know, like you look at the scriptures, um, you know, when, when on the side of the road where someone is reading the scriptures uh, to the guy who asked to be baptized, mm-hmm. it's like, mm-hmm. you haven't, you haven't, uh, you haven't heard or understood the, the scriptures. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, the yeah, 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 And he's like, how could I, if no one instructs me? Yeah. How, how do I understand I, this? If no, if one, no one instructs me, me, how do you? Yeah. 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 And, I, and so that's what we're turning into. We're turning into a sort of a, a, a community of people who would rather rely on their own understanding you know like i go into the high schools and and schools in general you know Mm -hmm. and talk to college students university students and the ideas they have about faith are really their own Mm -hmm. guided by what they see on TikTok or what they see in the news or whatever it might be but they don't know the actual jesus or they don't know what jesus actually said no they're putting their authority that they're trusting in in some random youtube star or which is absurd isn't it because they'll say like oh you're crazy for believing in a God. 
but I'm going to put all my faith in some TikTok star yeah. or something like that, I, right? I think it's a, it's important to realize that we like you were talking about how we do have faith, we have religious um, inclinations, if you will. Mm-hmm. Like we have we have we have things in our lives that we do we do fall into that. So when people say, "Well, no, I'm faithful, but I'm not religious." What they're trying to say is that I'm not a part of the institution of the church that they see as being corrupt or bad or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they not they're not understanding that the corruption is with the people themselves, not with the institution that Christ created on earth. Mm-hmm. And so the Holy Spirit guides that church. And so our decisions and our and our the wisdom that comes has two thousand years of experience, two thousand twenty years of experience with where the Holy Spirit is guiding us. So when it talks about things like, we talk about things like contraception, we talk about things, uh, um, marriage, when we talk about all these areas in the church, the church has 2,000 years of this experience, and it's said pretty much the same thing, always. You know what I mean? It's not really changed his mind too, too much on too much of that stuff. So we're so in, in, a, in a way of thinking about it, to me, I see my two-year-old telling me that they think they're really smart <laughs> and this is how that things need to be done with me with 40 years of experience sitting back going, oh, you poor thing. <laughs> like, yeah. okay, go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. You, no, I, like I told you not to, but you go ahead and try it. Oh, look, you got hurt. Okay, here we go. Pick you up and I'll, I'll bring you back. That's what I see when, we, when I see somebody who has like, my, like 40-year-old experience saying, listen, 2,000-year-old church. Yeah. I know how to do this moral thing better than you <laughs> because <clears> – <throat> But sometimes it takes the experience of hitting that rock bottom or hitting, you know, realizing that you aren't all that to get there. Yeah, you know, it, it reminds me, I know this is sort of uh, recent news, I, maybe, maybe uh, you know, yesterday or today, I don't know. But the, just a few days ago, the Pope was visiting Greece, Yeah, you know, and he did this apostolic visit to Greece. And so they had this gymnasium, this basketball gymnasium uh, full of young people where he was addressing. And what did he talk to them about? He gave this really good message about don't be prisoners is the word he used. Don't be prisoners to your cell phone. And the point he was making was when we're just so enthralled by what's there, we're missing out on like another view where God is maybe placing in our lives or, and he says, the other thing we're missing out on is the human connection. He says the, you know, the closeness between people that you feel when you're in someone else's presence or something like that. That's how the church started. Mm-hmm. That's how the church started, yeah. with people talking to people, with the apostles going out and, and spreading the gospel, right? Uh, and, and today, I think we're relying a little too much, maybe, on other means of communication. I always tell people, stop asking your angry uncle about the church, right? <laughs> because, you know, that's what we do. Yeah. We go around, like we're talking about the Christmas table coming up soon, yeah, yeah. And, and we listen to people who are so mad at the church mm-hmm. who tell us all these conspiracies. The news. Oh, oh uh, <laughs> Jesus was actually married and yeah. all this stuff, you know, and, and they're just, and, you know, sure, with respect to your family members, that's great to sit and listen to them, mm-hmm. but... Let's talk to someone like we're talking about authority in the yeah. church. Let's talk to someone who's given their life in service to the church and and see uh, you know the right information here. You know, if if you are struggling with uh, you know something in math, 
Yeah. Like if you were a student in university, you you were struggling in math. You know, well, you're not going to go to your angry uncle who hated math and ex- failed. Exactly, you're not going to ask your angry uncle <laughs> who failed. Point. That's a good point. You know, you're, you're going to go ask your math teacher. You're going to ask your yeah. professor, yeah. or yeah. you're going to ask someone who's who's passed or who's done really well. But with religion, all of a sudden, everyone is an expert, yeah. and that is the problem. Everyone is not an expert in religion. You know, and. I think this problem is perpetuated by this idea, you know, when even Catholic institutions, you know, whether they're hospitals or schools or whatever it might be, they like to use buzzwords, you know, like um, we're we're all um, gathered together by faith or it's hope that brings us together or whatever it might be. Right. And so all of a sudden we've given ourselves a license to, 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 to talk about the Catholic church or to talk about Catholic faith using these buzzwords that are empty. There's no truth to them, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. I think I think part of it comes from in, in Canada, anyways. And I don't know maybe other parts of the world too. If you're listening from there, you can write in. But um, I know in Canada we're culturally Catholic. Yeah. And so like our 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 culture in Canada, we have uh, all the different cultures came into Canada, most being Catholic. Um, and so we have a lot of these people that were that I guess continued on their faith from as cradle Catholics mm-hmm. and then became Catholic and then they baptized their kids because their parents did it to them and they didn't have an understanding what faith really was. And so when you ask them, why do you have to go to church? Why is the church important? Why is you're asking those questions? Mm-hmm. There's there's not an answer there. You right. know what I mean? And if because because they just don't know. And sometimes it, it takes a lot of pride. I mean it takes a lot of humility to admit, actually I don't know. I, I do it. Right. I do this, yeah. and I don't yeah. know. Versus saying the opposite, which is, well, yeah. it's because, uh, um, and making worse, making yeah. an excuse up, or saying, and then and then when you start getting questioned on it, you start getting defensive and start getting angry, and then all of a sudden it becomes yeah. a big deal. And it, it is funny that, uh, yeah, I don't know how funny it is, but it is it is. Funny <laughs> we'll that, judge. No, no, we'll no, judge. When you, when you're either like culturally habituated to to go to mass or to yeah. go to church or to participate in the ritual or the tradition of, um, and then you like you you encounter this. Okay. Why am I doing this? Um, and you go on a retreat, and and someone says something like, "Oh, you're just going through the motions," and like yeah. that that um, that phrase, "going through the motions," that <clears throat> you don't have like any kind of core investment in in what you're doing, but you're doing this because you know it's it's part of that ritual, it's part of that habit, mm-hmm. um, and it's usually spoken of in kind of a disparaging way, and like for for the purposes like that that makes sense. Yeah. But it's like at some point, in some way, you want to kind of say like God bless going through the motions. Yeah. That like <laughs> re- religion and faith helps us to kind of um, bridge the the gap when our feelings and our desires are deficient. Yeah, that it's like you know um, you're if, if you're um, uh, uh, you're in a marriage and you want to like um, you, you don't feel in a particularly good place to you know love your spouse as, as they deserve like God bless the guy who's going through the motions and actually being affectionate and caring even though it's not what he feels at the moment <laughs> that it's like uh, and, that, and that's something that like habituating ourselves in this way that it, it kind of carries us to the next point. It's like, well, I don't feel like doing this. I don't feel like going to mass today. Yeah. So, I, you know, I'm being authentic to myself. But it's like, but, you know, we, we have a higher calling or we have, um, you know, that um, the structure of the church and the structure of liturgy and the structure of kind of the sacramental life allows us to kind of bridge bridge those points when our, when our desires are deficient. 
Yeah. yeah. All right. It was funny. Yeah. It was yeah. funny. I, I was going to give it a 2.5 when you started talking about a marriage. I, I went up to about a 4.5. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Matt's got a point, as usual, is like, okay, so the, the, you know, the sacraments of the church, you know, these ordered ways of bringing us into, the, into full communion with the church, right? So right off the beginning with baptism, I mean, baptism, we're made mm-hmm. one with, with, with Christ. We're made members of his, of his holy church, right? But this is the beginning of our Christian journey, right? And the sacraments are something that you can only get in the church, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I, you know, you mentioned marriage and you, there, there are other, um, other institutions or other things have sort of taken the idea of our Catholic sacraments mm-hmm. yeah. and made them into secular things, right? So in now, people who don't want to be baptized because they don't know if they're religious, they'll have something like naming ceremonies mm-hmm. or something, yeah. right? I've just heard this recently that people still, even though they're not having baptism, will ask people to be their godparents God of a that. kid. Yeah, yeah, even yeah. though there's no baptism involved, they'll just have a party and it's like an honorary title, yeah. you know? Um, all these things, like look at confession. People are so afraid of confession, of going to a priest uh, to confess their sins. Yeah. But how many avenues do we have online to share our deepest secrets yeah. with, or or deeper con- grievances, or, or, yeah, yeah. or do whatever? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and like, let's not even. I mean, sacrament of the sick, healing things are you know from stones and rocks to odors and incenses and things that's just naming a few of yeah. things that people have Try taken the idea it's like it's like these things of god are this is what they're thinking these things of god are so ridiculous right that i don't want anything to do with them so i'll go play with my rocks over here or i'll go um you know confess my deepest darkest sin online as if to say that 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 there's some beauty in that right yeah I think that and that's where the church's authority does come in because we are human and we are emotional beings. Yeah. <laughs> and I know that I do a lot of stupid things when it comes to emotions. Um, you know, I know the right path, but I feel this way. And so if I'm going off of what I know is right, for instance, I know I'm a fat guy. I know that I should eat a certain way and that I should exercise so often and everything else. However, at certain times, I'm feeling this way, and so I'll give in to the temptation to eat more or to not exercise or to do whatever. Temptation is there, and our feelings can't lead the reality of what brings us to a better place. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, we can't go off of our emotional state and our feelings because we won't get to a point. Because ultimately, we are trying to get if we 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 have to work at getting better, not sit back and relax at getting better. You know? Does that make sense? So what is it? What is the end of the you know sort of uh, someone's at their Christmas table? They're talking about this with a relative <laughs> that says the church is so ridiculous, you know, and all these different things. What are what can people say or what can people do to explain uh, the church and why the church is there for us, right? For for us to grow in holiness, for us to grow uh, more and more devoted to God in our life. Pope Benedict said, oh, I'm going to use this because it came in, being Christian is not the result of an ethical choice or a lofty idea, but the encounter with an event or person which gives light, gives a new do- horizon and a decisive direction. Mm-hmm. And that's Pope Benedict. And that was one of his themes kind of when he was, was Pope. What I see that is, is you have to remember that the church is 
purpose of being here is not to hold a lofty idea or what was the other one an ethical choice over someone else's head that's not the point of the church it's mm. to introduce them to a person it's to introduce them to Christ, to Jesus and so when you're approaching this subject from at, at a dinner table it's not about holding a lofty idea and and that's what I think a lot of people feel like when you are a religious person if you do go to mass on a regular basis and everything else they feel like you're trying to hold this religious authority over top of mm-hmm. them yeah and I don't you know like no <laughs> that that doesn't apply to me what you have to understand is they have to encounter Jesus and yes. that's what they need and so what you want to do is bring them back to that point yeah. so why do you if you were to ask me why do I go to church I can't tell I can't t- speak for anybody else around the table but why I do it is because I know I need to because the church makes me a better person because I need the sacraments I need I need I need to have baptism confirmation I to get to where I am now I need to have the sacrament of the Eucharist on a weekly basis because I I can tell when I don't and the, and then I need that awesome forgiveness in confession and I need the graces that come with it so I can can strive to be a better person yeah. or I can win the battles of temptation and everything else and then why do I why do I then impose that on my kids why not? <laughs> like, if yes. I know that this this is what makes me a better person, like, if, if you don't need that in your life, fine. I'm going to guess that every person mm-hmm. that says they don't need to come to church or that they don't need <clears throat> the sacraments, there is a hole in their hearts oh, yeah. that they try to fill with something else, whether that be, and again, I'm a sports guy, I love it, yeah. but maybe you fill it with hockey on, on Sundays and everything else, but there's always going to be a feeling that there's something quite missing. Yeah, You don't have that when you have the sacraments because God made you and he gave you the directions through the Bible, through Jesus kind of coming down on earth and saying, this is exactly it, and I'm going to leave I'm going to leave an institution here that directs my will. And so that you can turn to that institution when you're lost. And so that's what he's done. And so then, like, why wouldn't you go there when you got that hole, when you're feeling lost, when you go there? Go to the church and and, and ask for the, the direction, and they will always bring you back to the sacraments because that's how we get in touch with God. Mm-hmm. And that's where we get one-on-one with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And and this is a real thing. Yeah. Like, you know, we were talking about lofty ideas, mm-hmm. you know. These, encountering Jesus is real. Mm-hmm. Encountering Jesus in the sacraments is real. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Catholic Church is real. It's the divinely in, divine institution of the Lord. You know, sometimes I think that people think like, how could you believe in, in fairy tales? Or how can you believe in, in these, mm-hmm. like, you know, other stuff? But when you encounter Jesus, you, you know, Jesus kind of steals your heart, yeah. right? And you're right. So we're not going to sort of win over people who are angry, you know, with a with a conversation yeah. over the dinner table, right? We got to introduce them to, to Jesus. Jesus. Now, introduce the someone's person. not ready to be introduced to Jesus. You know, uh, I, I, I think none of what we've talked about today is possible if we're not praying, you know? Because they bring them to Jesus. If we, you know, <laughs> if we're not praying, it's not possible to understand some of yeah. these things. And, and if we encounter the other person as genuinely seeking, because a, a lot of times these discussions can take the form of, like we, me particularly, like that. That it's it's not a lofty idea. It's not a set of propositions that yeah. you know you can either prove or disprove. Um, although when you're talking about like why do you teach your kids this, I'm like why do you teach your kids math? And you're like yeah, it's useful and it's true. Um, yeah. But like um, no, there you go. Um, no, but like a, a lot of times we jump into this kind of apologetic mode where you're just going to overcome everyone's um, uh, oppositions to the thing. But like uh, no, nobody gets married because you know um, someone overcame all of their oppositions to 
getting married. It's like, no, you, you encounter a person, you make a decision that it's, um, and you know, there is a place for those types of discussions. Um, but, you know, humanizing the person as, you know, asking genuine questions, um, legitimately being frustrated with um, the decisions that individuals who sometimes represent Catholicism in their mind uh, make, um, that, you know, you can have this discussion, but ultimately y- y- their, uh, their conversion, their understanding of your faith isn't boiled down to a set of lofty ideas or assenting to specific propositions. It's encountering a person, mm-hmm. encountering the person of Christ. Yeah, and that's yeah. why, you know, that's why I think we're, we're talking big C Catholic church institution, but that's why I think small C church, like your local community mm-hmm. church, is important as well because we're surrounding ourselves with people who might support us in that, mm-hmm. right? who are praying for us, who are we can have these discussions yeah. with, um, you know, so I, wherever you're listening or watching from, you, you know, your local parish should be a place where where your questions are answered, where you can stop your priest and ask or or your parishioners where you're yeah. building up a community. You know, that's that's the community right from when the people started gathering for mass. In their homes, right? Mm. In their basements. Yeah, or, right or, together. You know, right? In the early, early church, it was with people, you know? Mm. People were gathered together because, you know, sort of the old saying, there's strength in numbers, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. And, but this is really important because this this is where those conversations should take place, yeah. not hastily or angrily over a, <laughs> Dinner table. a family uh, event. Or, or entering comments into a, a, or a, a, a social a, a, a media. Social media. Yeah. <laughs> And, and that's what our churches are. Our churches should be places where our faith is developed, but it's, yeah. it's also encouraged. We're, we're praying for each other. We're praying uh, for the needs of our community, the needs of the church, you know, and we're being people who are just generally interested and looking forward to encountering Jesus. I think I think leaving it if you're if you're having a conversation and you don't know how to win the conversation, first of all you're doing it wrong. But the second the second part is give them to Jesus. And that was a, an old Jamaican priest, and I love it dearly. I listened to the talk, and he just kept saying, "Give it to Jesus." So he said, he said, "What I'm going to encourage you to do is then encur- encourage them to have an open mind if they're willing to. Tell them take the Bible." go to the bedroom and have an honest five-minute conversation in silence with God. Don't let anything else distract you. And let him prove, like, yeah. if you can't get by their barriers, you can't get by their barriers. God can. Jesus can. And so it's, it does, it's, it's not about you. <laughs> it's not about you winning. It's about Jesus entering to them, their hearts, right? So just give them to Jesus. So have them and... and, and Ask them to go to adoration. Ask them whether that is. But a five-minute conversation with Jesus in their bedroom, in all silence, with a Bible. Ask God, open the Bible, read the Bible, see what God has to say with them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And if they're willing and truly open to it, then they're going to find the truth. And if they're not, you're going to just keep praying. Amen. Yeah, honestly. And, you know, that's what the church exists for is, you know, God has given us life and we're to flourish in this life uh, by being people who sort of try to discover his will for us. And the church is the place where it encourages us to do that right Mm -hmm. through the sacraments and through the teachings of the church. Okay, well, uh, we are out of time for today. Thanks for uh, this discussion. You know, hopefully people can be better prepared, I guess, at their (laughs) holiday table. Yeah. So uh, we do invite your feedback. I know we were calling bull a lot today, right? (laughs) So if people want to call bull on us, uh, they can do so. 
uh, uh, by you can send us a, a message or an email at the Catholic Buzz Podcast at gmail.com. And guess what, Josh? What? We're now on Facebook and Instagram. Oh, my god. Yeah, goodness. you can follow, like uh, our uh, page on uh, Facebook. It's at the Catholic Buzz. And on Instagram, it's the Catholic Buzz Podcast. And our uh, we have such a great social media team. You yeah, know? yeah. I say team, but it's really Ben. Ben is just <laughs> Ben is the team. You know? But and he's, he's doing such a great job <laughs> yeah. on our social media. So follow us uh, on Instagram, like us on Facebook, and you can drop comments, call our bull on our Facebook page. You can leave it in the comments. Right now, yeah. Also on our Instagram posts as well. This Matt, has been Matt will lovely. answer you. <laughs> yes, of course, Matt will answer all the comments. Yeah. In 2026, yeah. <laughs> when, when I get around to checking my when social you, media. <laughs> when you get yeah. a computer yeah. out on yeah. your uh, place, yeah. yeah. All right, thanks for watching, and uh, we will see you next week. My name is Father Daniele. Uh, for Josh Sullivan and Matt Van Milligan, you've been watching or listening to The Catholic Buzz. Mm-hmm.